John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John, I think I came in pretty hot on that one. You do that all the time. Where are we? We are in beautiful West Seattle, Washington, Ed. Great. What do we talk about here on The High Game? We talk about guitars, guitars, guitars. Fuzz pedals. Exclusively, we talk about fuzz pedals. Today, we are bringing the dirt. Yeah? Oh, I love the dirt. Are you prepared to talk through a wide array of fuzz pedals? Do you feel like you've got everything you need? I'm staring down the barrel of three gnarly fuzz pedals here, Ed. Yeah. They happen to all be by the same maker. Okay. These are dirty, haggard audio pedals. And guess what? What? We're not alone out in the woods, Ed. Okay. We have a guide. Great. Nick Rogers of Dirty Haggard Audio, the guy who makes these pedals. Yeah. He's here. Nick. Hi. Hey, Nick. How are you? Good. I'm eating sticks and twigs right now. <laughs> nice. That's a Pacific Northwest sort of thing. Yeah. Delicacy here. You're kind of south of us, right? You're down in the Portland area. Yeah? Yeah. You're a friend in low places. 
Are you in Portland proper? I am, yes. Not directly in the middle, but slightly north of the middle. Are you keeping it weird? That's their thing, right? Uh, typically. Cool. Especially if you look at my browser history. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> if you're down there in Portland and you're not keeping it weird, after a certain amount of time, there's a knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. The man informs you you have not been sufficiently weird. Get out. <laughs> That's a pretty cool guitar you've got, John. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about a new guitar. Mm -hmm. This is a Kramer SM1H. New like... Brand new. Brand new, not a vintage banger. Yeah, it's a neck through. Ebony Check. fretboard. Check. One pickup. Check. One knob. Yes. Push-pull series parallel. It's got that Floyd Rose. Oh, it's got a Floyd Rose. So it's got some locking action, which you love. Bust out the Allen wrench to change a string. That's your jam, right? Oh, I love doing that. Nick, are you a Floyd Rosehead? If it's tuned by somebody else, <laughs> then I enjoy playing with them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Beverages. That's right. That was a beverage song played through The Thing, which is Nick's newest pedal. You brought a little Floyd at the end of that, too. I did. Nick, what are you drinking? I have a delicious watermelon kiwi rock star. Oh. Ooh. Rock star. <laughs> <laughs> that seems perfect. I brought to keep it sufficiently weird. Oh, gee. <laughs> this is a... Stump down coffee roaster hairbender nitro cold brew hairbender hairbender out of Portland infused with nitrogen perishable refrigerate. Whoa, I'm gonna be super jacked up, Nick. We can be jacked together. Yeah, you've got the nitro brew coffee. Mm -hmm. Do you, in fact, have an additional coffee? I have an additional coffee with John. Yeah, a crow mug. My brother sent the crow mug back. I've been drinking out of this crow mug here at the High Gain. I've been without it for two months. Yeah, the crow mug has been living in Portland. It's been terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it's back. It's back. It probably had its car stolen while it was down here. <laughs> yeah, someone took the uh, catalytic converter mm -hmm. out of my crow mug. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a buddy who lives in Portland, and he's had his catalytic converter stolen three times. Ugh. That's just a Portland thing, I guess. How's your catalytic converter, Nick? It's fine, actually. I really lucked out when I got my car. It's a C-Max, and it's very low to the ground, so humans cannot fit under it. Oh, oh nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. What do you got, John? I have a Simple Truth beverage. Mm -hmm. This one is apple and elderberry. Huh. I'm looking to see if it has any kind of a slogan. Get juiced. Oh. Is that a glass of milk on your desk? Yes. <laughs> What's up with that? Well, do you see the bowl next to it? Peanut butter and jelly toast. Oh, peanut butter and jelly and a glass of milk. Okay. Hey, Nick, how's your uh, mustache situation right now? 
Um, it's set to three millimeters on my little buzzer. Is it an actual stash, not a beard or what do we got going on? Most of it is well trimmed. It's very short. Great. I ask because John has been doing some facial shenanigans <laughs> since the new year. I decided for the new year I was going to go cop stash, maybe. Yeah. For the first couple weeks of the new year, I was really weirded out by John's face. <laughs> it's still, it's got stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the Kramer, hit the thing. With the fuzz? Go no fuzz and then go fuzz. Okay, so the thing is essentially a two-section pedal. Okay. There's a fuzz section. Yeah. And a phaser section. Okay. The phaser actually has two separate phasers in it. Ooh, one okay. is a two-stage, one okay. is a four-stage. I don't know what that means. What it means is if you have them both on set to different rates, then you get this. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. It pulsates. Is that one or both? Both right now. Okay. And then you can add the fuzz. Was there any stoner rock influence behind this thing? I do love a good stoner rock band, but uh, that did not come up in the discussion, actually, no. Really? Phaser and Fuzz? I just immediately associate with the stoner rock genre. Mm. That's what I would grab this thing for, for sure. Well, it has three toggle switches in. Oh, man. That are router switches. Oh. So between the fuzz and the two phases, yep. you can decide, should that phase go before the fuzz? Should that oh, phase go after it. the fuzz? Got it. And that's the part that takes some experimentation. Okay. Can we do some of that? Hey, Nick, why don't you dial me in with something gnarly on this thing? You tell me where to put the knobs, and I'll do it. Oh, my. <laughs> Just crank everything up to 10. How about that? <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Talk about the chips oh, and yeah. fuzz pedals, Nick. Oh. Like, what's this thing made out of? The fuzz section is the classic uh, UA741. I believe it was either the first or the second op amp that was ever commercially used at large scale. Okay. Would that have been in the Tube Screamer? To my knowledge, no. I think they always use just the 4558s. 4558, 4559, whatever it takes. <laughs> Mr. Mom reference. People get that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so one thing with the thing and the gatekeeper is they both have these killer fuzz sections but the octave circuit in the gatekeeper is wild let's see like yeah turn that on 
listen to that. That's the gating thing you're talking about, right? Yeah. I love it so much. Hit that and let it ring. Okay. That. Fuck, I love it. Now throw that fuzz on top of that. I'm not even touching anything. It's just doing its own thing. Yep. It's great. That's pretty great. What do you think of that, Nick? I think it sounds absolutely beautiful. (laughs) How did you get started building pedals? Well, if we go way, way back, early 2000s, somewhere around there, I went to school for like music, audio production, all that kind of stuff. Go figure. I had a hard time finding steady work doing that. And so eventually I just went back to school for electronics and I started working at a place that made really high-end audio analyzers that basically any audio company uses on their manufacturing floor to just verify all the specifications are, you know, where they should be. Through all of that, I was like, hmm, okay, I know audio circuits pretty well using them. And then I learned how to build them. It just kind of felt like the natural progression to just start making circuits. Do you find that most of the people you run into that also build studied like you did, or is that mostly not the case? Mostly not the case, actually. We've had kind of a range of pedal manufacturers on this show. Yeah. The dudes who are into DSP stuff are the guys who've probably got some kind of engineering background. Yeah. Because then you're programming a pedal. Have you played with any of the kind of DSP stuff? I've had a chance to play around with a lot of the newer DSP stuff. I guess I just like things to be ridiculously simple. And so anytime I actually sit down and play, I've got a fuzz, a reverb, and then I'm just going right into a clean amp. Yeah, the way God intended. (laughs) So you've got octave, phaser. Do you foresee branching out into other modulation, like delay and reverby stuff? I did a fuzz and delay in one with Haunted Labs a couple years ago. I don't necessarily know that I want to do too much more delay. The latest thing that I decided to work on is a tremolo. Oh, I do need to make more modulation. What am I going to do that actually offers something unique that other people have not done to death? And I know it's kind of rich for me to say that, given that I keep making all these fuzzes. (laughs) Like there's not a billion fuzzes out there, but... If it's going to be modulation, it's got to be something that I haven't quite heard before. Getting to that is a challenge. Yeah. You mentioned that you keep making all these fuzzes. I'm wondering, is that because you're moving towards something you want to hear in fuzz? Or do you approach each of these pedals with kind of a mission in mind? I want this one to do this. I want this other one to do this other thing or what? I start out thinking that, and then I design it, and it doesn't do what I wanted. It does something else. But almost always, I land on something, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay, I'm going to roll with that. It ends up being cooler than you even imagined going in? Uh, Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tremolo is definitely in John's wheelhouse. John has an absurd number of fuzz pedals 
an absurd number of trem pedals. I like the two together. Let's put on this Dirty Haggard Audio Death Fuzz. That's what that does. And let's put on some Choppy Trem. What's not to like, right? (laughs) I love the choppiness. I love it. Do you guys have any experience like in high school electronics classes where they make you use like a 555 timer? Oh man, I don't even know what that means. No. Okay. It's always like one of the first projects. You basically just make a light blink on and off, at least in several of its configurations. It outputs just a straight up square wave. I really wanted to use one of those to control a gain stage or something, basically turning it on and off. I think it would be kind of noisy, but uh, very choppy and aggressive. That's pretty cool. And if it introduces its own kind of grit along the way, that seems not bad. For sure. Have you played with any expression pedals on any of your designs? I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it, but I'm in the process of designing a expression board for a different manufacturer right now. In my designs, I thought about it in a couple situations, but never actually followed through with it. The gatekeeper. The sweep of the octave on that pedal is so great. At any setting on the octave, you can get killer tones. I love that sputtery stuff. Yeah. good (laughs) we love the dirt over here nick hell yeah what's your history with kramer guitars i don't believe i've ever owned one but a lot of friends have had them and i've really enjoyed them way back in the early 70s yeah our man gary kramer okay founder of kramer guitars was working with travis bean did you know that nick i had no idea making aluminum necked guitars so then when gary left to found kramer guitars It's no surprise that some of the first instruments he made also had aluminum necks. What do you think about Travis Beans, Nick? Um, I literally have no idea who this person is. Imagine a neck that goes most of the way through the body, but it's made out of aluminum. And then you stick the pickups and the bridge on that big block of aluminum. You bolt the whole thing into a body made out of wood. So essentially you're playing aluminum. They are really cool, but they are heavy as hell. How are you going to play heavy music with a light instrument? I don't understand. It's incongruous. I literally cut apart pieces of metal and screw them onto the back of my instruments because I need them to weigh like a solid 20 pounds. That is terrible. (laughs) What are you doing? Oh my God. The gatekeeper and the thing for sure, but even like the beast mountain, the art on them. Is fucking wild. There's a guy in Toronto. He did the thing. His name's Mike McGlennon. He did the gatekeeper as well. He's rad. Yeah. The gatekeeper and the thing both have the monster or skull motif. And then the eyes are the LEDs. It's nice and devilly. I agree. I basically give him zero direction. I'm just like, hey, can you like make something cool? And then he gives me something that's just absolutely amazing. The gatekeeper kind of has that Japanese dragon design. Yeah. With some blood splatters and multiple eyeballs. These are very vivid, multicolored graphic designs. And I'm wondering, are they any 
more difficult to get printed or is that not an issue? Thankfully, they're not. It's a process called UV printing. And my understanding is basically it prints kind of like a computer printer and then you expose it to like UV light and it just solidifies it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Any color that you can get with a standard printer, you can get with this stuff. That tech has come a long way from like the old silk screening days. So, yeah, Kramer worked for Travis Bean and then he went off on his own and he made some aluminum neck guitars in the 70s, too. He did. Man, I just love the old Kramers, the aluminum neck ones. Yeah, they're pretty cool. But, you know, once the 80s show up, then everybody goes out of that kind of thing and into pointy Floyd Rosie. They got so on top of that game with the pointy headstocks and the kind of super strat style. Yeah. That for multiple years in a row around the mid 80s, Kramers were the best selling guitars of all the brands, Fender and Gibson included. That is pretty wild. That's an Eddie Van Halen thing, right? I think he had a lot to do with that. Sure. Once he started doing endorsement stuff, one of the first he did was Kramer. Yeah. One of the guitars they made was called the Stage Master, and it had just one pickup. There's an ad with Eddie Van Halen holding one of these. This SM1. Stage Master. Stage Master 1 is a kind of reimagining of that. I normally walk through all the pickups, but there's only one pickup. The way it should be. That's one pickup, and then if I pull that knob... Series one coil feeds into the other. Parallel is both on at the same time. How did John do it that, Nick? Is that correct? Does one go into the other? For series, yeah. And then, yeah, parallel is just them together side by side. 24 frets. Yeah. What's that 24th fret sound like? Oh, man. Well, now we got to wonder. How far off from the old design is this? This looks pretty modern-y. Yeah, like. I think the way they've carved it or shaped it yeah. is a lot more modern. But yeah, it's basically the same. Play a chord. Play any chord? Yeah. What color do you think that guitar is, Nick, based on that chord? Based on the harmonic content, I have to say it's blue. Well, to the degree that gray matches any other color, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a gunmetal? Do they call it gunmetal gray? They call this tronius silver. <laughs> what is tronius? What does that word mean? I don't even know. Is that like some Roman god or something? Are you from Portland, Nick, originally? Uh, I am from Madison, Wisconsin, originally. Superfan Ken is in Madison, Wisconsin. Shout out, Superfan Ken. Yeah. Hi, Ken. Superfan Ken has been on the show to talk about Eddie Van Halen. He has. We should make a little connection here. Where in Madison are you from? Name the street, and then I'll bet Superfan Ken will know what it is. North Thompson Drive. Sweet. What do you think of that, Ken? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know that place. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if I turn on this death fuzz. Yeah. And okay. then I turn on the gatekeeper. And then I turn on the thing. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> Three fuzzes dimed. Is that what you designed those for, Nick? I'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems like the correct answer. Do a little more with just the thing. The EQs are really expensive on this. I'll turn the low all the way up. And then I guess I could get really gnarly if I turn the high all the way up. I think you get a big variety, a broad range of tone that's super usable. So this is a collaboration, Nick? It is, yeah. Uh, I worked with Tim from uh, Bardock Audio Devices. Where's Tim out of? Michigan. How does a collaboration like that work? Basically, I had the idea for like the fuzz and the EQ section, and then Tim had the idea for the phaser section. And so independently, like we made our respective sections, and then I just kind of gave him all of my documentation. He figured out the actual PCB design and all that stuff. Is there a Bardic version of this as well? We're both selling it, but it's exactly the same. Same enclosure and everything too? Yep. BardicAudioDevices.com, everybody. Tim, out of Michigan. Michigan. I don't see Bardic branded on here. He's the little symbol in the spider at the bottom left. I see it. It kind of looks like a 20-sided die. A little D&D-ish. Do you think he's a D&D &D guy? I don't doubt that, but I've got zero knowledge of D&D or anything like that. How's that feel, Ed? It feels terrible, Nick. <laughs> I gotta tell you, things were going really well for a while. Just, just yesterday, I was playing D&D &D with my little online D&D &D crew. You know, Nick and I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. So there's this app that we use to play D&D, &D, Roll20. And you can actually see how many hours you've spent playing D&D in the app. Since the pandemic, I have put over 500 hours <laughs> into D&D. That's brutal, Ed. It's 20 <laughs> complete days. So if you want to get a campaign going, Nick and John. No. You can be a bard. They play musical instruments to inspire the rest of the party. Nick? Well, you said a campaign. I'm imagining myself going door to door trying to get supporters, and I don't, I'm not really into that. It's kind of like that, <laughs> but with monsters. Oh, I like monsters. Fictional monsters, not real monsters. Uh. Where can people get this new pedal, Nick? It is available right now on my reverb shop. It's available at dirtyhaggard.com and then bardicaudiodevices.com. Yep. Arcane Distorter on Bardic Devices, the Demon, the Bard O. Ooh. These are all D&D &D references. Are they? Yeah. The Monk Compressor. I'm willing to bet my guy Tim has played a little D&D &D in his day. We need to get him on. He and I could vibe about D&D &D stuff. Nick and I could be off to the side just shaking our heads in disgust. Projectile vomiting, too. <laughs> vomiting. <laughs> Man. How do we do, Nick? Divine. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Now Ed's going to be insufferable the whole rest of the day. <laughs> Where can people find out more about you, Nick? You can go to dirtyhaggard.com or just look my name up on Instagram, I guess. Dirty Haggard Audio on Instagram. Yes. Nick, we got to thank you so much for coming to talk to us and putting up with our shenanigans and Ed's D&D banter stuff. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Nick, you did a great job. Yay. You know, people can find us too out there. 
The High Gain. Dot com. Yeah. And also at The High Gain on the Instagrams. Are we part of the ruinous media network of music-related podcasts? Oh, my God. You did it right. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, then, I guess we're going to see you later then, Nick. Okay. Keep it weird. I will. Okay. Bye, Ed. Bye. Bye.